Welcome, everybody, to another live recording of the Business Travel 360 Linking the Travel Industry podcast, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. My name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I'm the CEO at Agentivity, where we have a vision that any TMC should be data-empowered. You can read more about how we do that at agentivity.com. Welcome, everybody. I'm Anne. I'm a consultant with LeapShift. Happy to help you with anything related to retailing, NDC, one order, and distribution. I also work as an instructor both with IOTA and Aeroclass. Hi, everyone. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in under 15 minutes. Also, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. So for those new to the show, welcome. It's fantastic to see some new faces every week. Uh, we are really growing this uh, show and really like that. So thank you for giving us your time. And of course, for the familiar faces in the audience, welcome back. Great to see you again. Uh, the format of our discussion here is around a post I do on a weekly basis where I've rounded up the week's news. And then we discussed them in a bit more detail here. And last week was week eight. And my first story from last week was just news that Amex or American Express Global Business Travel, they've been granted a rail delivery group travel agent license, bit of a mouthful, but effectively it allows them to act on behalf of the UK National Rail and not just sell products, but also do refunds and customer care on those products. And I was a bit surprised that this is only now. It's great news, first of all, from my perspective, mm. but it's a bit strange it's only now, right? It is surprising that it's only now, but also, of course, great news. Something actually caught my attention. Did you notice how they call it rail retailing? Okay. <laughs> that was that was very interesting that we now start a new move here. It's not only airline retailing, but now we're talking rail retailing. Mm. I would love to see some some more of that and sort of their vision for all of this. And yes. uh, but yeah, good news. Yes, yeah. Actually, mm. the states. Uh, I mean, our agents they're doing something similar with Amtrak, acting on behalf of, or they're just resellers. No, they're just booking on Amtrak.com. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Staying on your side there, Ash, it was interesting for me to see Air Canada becoming the fourth airline customer for the landline company. Despite their name, they don't sell you phone lines. They actually do bus travel between spots, right? So there'll be an Air Canada painted bus taking you between certain spots. Interesting move, but was it expected, Ash? I mean, is this, is this the sort of stuff you were expecting from Air Canada? Well, I'm not really sure what the value of this mm. whole arrangement is. I mean, if you're in Waterloo, that's fine. You want to take a bus to the bigger airports. I mean, it doesn't do anything. It's just kind of somebody taking a bus from Newark to Philadelphia. I mean, what's I, the big deal? I'll tell you who it does to do something for us for Anne. Right, Anne? You love this stuff. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> love yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love, love Intermed and I love the way that they start thinking of, um, of replacing and adding locations, so to speak. I think there's a huge potential here. Chris, thank you for joining us. Uh, are you loving this as well? So, good morning from sort of Toronto. Or Yeah, it's interesting, this news. I mean, the initial route that they've decided on is Hamilton, which is maybe two and a half hours. So it's a little bit further than the Waterloo example than Ash give, which is sort of an hour from the airport. So this is a little bit more. And I'm wondering for that sort of region of southwest Ontario, where it's about three, maybe four hours from Pearson, are they trying to compete with those Canadians that go across the border and go from Detroit, maybe where it's a little bit easier and maybe a little bit cheaper? 
uh, and probably more convenient. But I don't know. I mean, it is that Abu Dhabi experience that uh, Etihad did from Dubai, where you check in uh, on the bus, essentially, and your luggage is taken care of, and you just go through security. I don't really see the demand for it. I don't think anyone was asking for it. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they what the uptake is. I do like this. I mean, it sounds appealing to me, but uh, I won't be seeing Ash on the bus next to me, that's for sure. <laughs> Not at all. It's really interesting, Chris, that you say you didn't see the demand for it. Or is this part of the sort of Justin Trudeau's piecing uh, politicians or playing that game in, in Canada, perhaps? Yes, uh, relating to this. Only last week we talked about the fact that news were emerging about Lynx Air in merged talks with Wasn't Flair. It Flair? Flair. Flair. Yes, and yeah. you, you talked about the fact that those were complete opposites and, you know, they will never work, etc. So somebody listened. But sadly, though, Lynx Air announced that they will go into administration and shut down fairly soon. So that merger obviously is not going to continue. So your comments on this one, Ash? You know, when your revenue or your assets are half of what your liabilities are, then clearly there's going to be a problem of some sort. And this is it. Part that I liked about the story is that WestJet is picking up assistance for the passengers. And so WestJet comes in, kind of becomes a little bit of a nice PR for them, where they're offering 25% discounts on anybody on routes previously served by Lynx. You know, they're trying to take advantage of the situation a little bit and helping out at the same time. Wow. You don't even have to show a ticket from Lynx. You just need to be on one of the routes. Yes. Oh, that's wow. Right. Chris, I kept you there up in the panel because I don't know whether you had any comments on the story, seeing it's still in your neck of the woods. I don't think they have a great market share. There are a few other sort of Canadian low costs. I think you talked about it last time. The Canadian market is so tricky. There's such a monopoly that Canada have. It, it's really difficult for anybody to kind of exist in that ecosystem, even though it's a massive country and realistically you need to travel. But just the offering is, it is really poor in terms of like the options we have as Canadian travelers. You know, the Canadian market's got to change its attitude. They just keep repeating the same history over and over again. Very few U.S. airlines actually fly into Canada for that reason, because it's just too uh, costly and the taxes are too high. Yeah. Canada has the highest airport charges of any country in the world. You know, they're very protective in terms of just being an annex US. There is a sort of requirement that any Canadian airline has to be 51% owned by a Canadian company. And therefore, that keeps all the sort of foreign investors out. Wow. Sounds archaic. Thank you for joining us. Did you have a comment on the story from Lynx Air? Thank you for uh, having me up here. My name is Shaheen. I represent a startup called Book and Go. It's a technology company. And my views on the, the Canadian uh, tax uh, implication on airline is uh, a bit different. Uh, usually, uh, airlines would like to have monopoly on their routes uh, within the country. And uh, if airlines have more than one international airport within the same vicinity, it's difficult to maintain uh, uh, airline profitability as well. So I think Canada is trying to, Air Canada, to have more uh, rights on the flights around uh, Canada as well as uh, and keep themselves profitable. Moving on to the next story, uh, it was an interesting article. I saw just a comment about the uh, approach from the government in Singapore, who's saying that they will be enforcing sustainable aviation fuel mandates uh, quite soon. And the article was just talking about the fact that that will have a direct impact on the increase of airfares. Pretty neutral about this article. I'm not sure which way I sit on this. but um, And did you manage to, to read that? And what are your thoughts? Quite expected uh, when it's um, Singapore. And uh, be interesting to, to see how 
how that is going to impact. Singapore is full of, of people in Singapore who try to get out of Singapore every weekend, right? I mean, they have a huge flying market, so to, so to speak. And, and I wonder if they can sort of take any price, you know, or they're not very price sensitive. So um, it will be interesting to, to follow. Well, it was very nice to see, I think it was their second expansion from UK-based TAG or the original name Travel by Appointment Group, mm-hmm. quite focused on um, you know the entertainment industry. They've made another acquisition in the States, uh, Atlantis Travel and Tours. This follows on their recent acquisition in New Zealand as well. Very impressive there with their growth. And again, very nice to see an agency so specifically focused on a niche, zoning in on that and, and doing it really well. And then, um, Anne, I would love to hear your thoughts on the next story. This was about Turkish Airlines and this new wallet that they have. There was an interesting post by Seth Miller about this, where he was not so convinced about the benefits for the customer in the end. And I saw two of our known connections, Vimal and Mark, both agree with uh, Seth there about the fact that this is effectively a bit of a scam. Did you read that? Um, Yes, I did. And I mean, there are elements in Turkish Airlines wallet that I don't like. For instance, the expiration after two years. But the convenience of of a wallet, I mean, I'm a big wallet fan, so to speak. I hate it when I travel on an airline, something doesn't work. Like, you know, I paid for, let's say, priority boarding. There is no priority boarding. We go through the motions and then I have to sit and wait to have a very tiny amount being refunded back to my credit card. Uh, And it's going to take three to four years, not years, sorry, weeks. And uh, well, sometimes it feels like years. And I just think it's just so inefficient, right? Uh, So I'm a big wallet. I'm a huge wallet fan. Just of the efficiency of something that has not been delivered, I think it's very, very easy refunds. I also think that you can compensate passengers in a whole different way than the flexibility of the wallet is great. So like I said, there are elements in the TK wallet that I don't uh, really agree with or necessarily like, but you know, I think that's going to also be customer feedback and uh, kudos to them for introducing a, a wallet all in favor. So I disagree with Bimal and, and Mark oh, wow. Smith. Ash, where do you stand on the wallet? I'm actually going to follow Anne's lead on this one because she's generally right when she likes new things like this. So There are those that do wallets and th- the convenience of that during the pandemic, for example, was like huge. The convenience of just going back to the wallet, it, it, huge benefits. And then you didn't have to deal with uh, vouchers and stuff. Also, Ash, you know, it's great when you can say, oh, sorry, you know, we really messed this up. Uh, why don't we give you an amount to your wallet? You can, of course, do this in miles as well, right? But yeah. you have a, a great flexibility with, with the wallet. Beginning, I was leaning towards this just being, well, why don't we just use miles and points, right? But to your point that there is greater value if there's a dollar value and there's an element of that in there. I want to take a moment just to turn to our audience and say thank you so much for supporting us and um, being here today, especially on a Monday. We really appreciate it. The original uh, and ongoing intention with linking the travel industry is to make sure that as many of us are connected to one another. So if you haven't done so already, please go through the audience and see how many new connections you can make in our industry and be mindful of the fact that you might be receiving a few new connections today and I'd appreciate you accepting them. Um, we also select one individual to be our link of the week. And I'm delighted to see you in there, Mark Jones from Amex. Thank you for giving us your time today. I'm going to pick on you and say you are link of the week. Thank you for giving us your support. So for those who can see Mark in the audience, do reach out to him and connect to him. 
thank you again for giving us your time. And well done, Mark, for being our link of the week. Now, um, before I go to the big story of the week, which is the last one on my list, um, I do want to go back to last week's uh, little quiz that I had. I was a bit shocked there, Ash, with you. Oh, Reed. no. Not another quiz. <laughs> oh. And we got pulverized by... Oh, oh, my God. He came out with cities we never even heard of in our entire life. Like, you know, like, I'm in the travel industry like, and I've been traveling, so I know some cities. And now, now you're going to... Oh, my God. You're going to ask me no. about this. Go, now, yeah. Anne did not listen to the podcast from last week. And surely if I say to you, where is Tallinn? Tallinn, yeah, of course, yes. Estonia. And, TLL. And Riga? Yes, it's in uh, Latvia. And Basel? Basel is in Switzerland. No, my gosh, I wasn't making that up. Wait, there was one more. There was one more. Yeah, Vilnius. <laughs> Vilnius in Lithuania. So, oh, one of my favorite cities. I, I yeah. rest my case. I think you and Anne had a conversation and lined this up perfectly to prove a point of some sort. Ash, oh I could actually goodness. tell you that I've actually worked in all three countries there, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. So I traveled to all cities. Okay, so. And I lived sense. in Switzerland for six years. So, so yes. that makes sense. If now. ever there was proof that travel <laughs> makes you a far better and richer person, there we go. There we go. All and, right, fine. And, you know what? Next week, yes. I'm coming in with a quiz and let's see what you both got. Okay. okay. How's that? That's fine. All right. That's fine. I'll bring you cities. Well, actually, actually, I can tell you, Ash, that, so that usually when it's, uh, when and it's states in the U.S., uh, uh, most Europeans. And it is Kansas City, Missouri, for instance. I know that because I went to high school in the cool. U.S. But I know that there are those who say Kansas City, Kansas. The big one, of course, from last week was about American Airlines again picking up the game and moving forward with the changes they want to make and this time announcing some fairly substantial changes to how travelers will earn frequent flyer points from American Airlines and pretty much pushing those people straight you know, onto AmericanAirlines.com. A lot of discussion about this, lots of posts about this. I try to some of my view on this and I know where I stand on it. And I saw a post by Mark Ross Smith where he was not so happy about this either. So yes, a fairly divided opinion seems in the industry. So Ash, I think I know where you stand, but what do you make of this? Are they going a little bit too far by really saying to people, if you want to earn those miles, you've got to book it with us? So here's my 35,000 foot level view of this without getting into every detail. I've always said, and I kind of stick to this, is that an airline or any company for that matter, if they have a product and service, they have a right to decide how they want to distribute it. They have a right to decide from where the perks will be earned and how they'll be earned. It's ultimately their product. The issue that we've had in our industry is that for too long, people have expected airlines to bend over backwards at the whims of all the people in between the traveler and the airline. And that's been the system that we've all been in for a long time. We've all had plenty of opportunity and time to think about the system, and we all know it's broken. But yet, because the people in the middle all earn value out of that process, no one has had a desire or an interest to change it. The airlines have always begged for change, but never gotten the change that they wanted so badly for so many years and for so many different reasons. Finally, they decided that in order for us to move forward, we need to take ownership of this process. Otherwise, it'll never happen. So now the pain is kicking in because we never did anything about all the things that we should have done for so long. You know, people say, well, NDC has been around for 20 years. Great, but we never did anything. Travelers say, oh, I've always wanted the services like this, but we never did anything. So why is it that we are now blaming one single airline for stepping up and moving forward at a lot of pain to them? I mean, you think it's easy to be American these days? It's definitely not easy. 
it's very difficult for them right now in travel industry to, to just be there. And they avoid industry events now because the ire of the people is just so great. But it's not because American is doing something that we don't want. We all want it. We want change. We've been asking for change for a long time. So on one side, industry is like, hey, we want change. We want change. American says, okay, here's the change. And everybody gets mad at American for doing so. So that's my high-level overview of the process. I think that this is going to stick for a very, very long time. This should have happened 10 years ago, five years ago. And you're going to see all the other airlines following suit because it makes a lot of sense. Glad I was on mute there. <laughs> I was going to interrupt. <laughs> I said this in my post as well. I'm well up for change. We all are. But I, I'm not too sure. I, in my post, I quoted you know, the guy saying, we want to make it more convenient for customers. But then they say, you have to book it on our website. So how does that compute? How does that add up? I'll tell, I'll tell you why it's, well, why it's convenient. Because when you book on American's website, you get all the value that American wants to give you. They don't want to That's deal with the fact that, hey, well, it is to the traveler. It is no. to the traveler. If I had a long-standing, very good relationship with my agent who's been booking all my stuff for me for years, and now they say, sorry, you have to book it on the website. That's not more convenient. But Rian, you have to realize that most people don't don't have that relationship with the agents like you're explaining anymore. Even if you book through an agency, you're using Concur. Most people don't even know that Concur is not an agency. You ask a business traveler who's your agency, they'll say Concur. And that's, that is your point about we had the opportunity to make this work well and we, we mucked it up, right? So yes, the industry as a whole, I don't think it's delivered on that you know retail magic that we want. And yeah, then look at the I'm, solutions that we're putting forward, right? I mean, the solutions we've put forward for the last 10 years in front of the business traveler have been below average. I would agree. Absolutely. So Anne, what are your thoughts here? First of all, I say I take my hat off, Ash. Thank you for your 35,000 foot level view there. Excellent. Totally agree. But my understanding here is that American is going to have their favoured agents, right? Agents. I mean, I know they're going to launch this in April. Or Am I misunderstanding this? Yeah, so they're, also, yep. they're actually yep. announcing the preferred agency list after they've launched this. So that's another issue. For me, this makes perfect sense. I totally agree. We haven't delivered in the last 12 years. It's been absolutely pathetic. And it was only until the Americans did something about NDC that stuff really started to happen. And I love the stuff that we're seeing, you know, coming out of United, breaking down those barriers between agents and uh, travelers and, and the airline, because, you know, the, the traveler must have those services that you can get through the airline app and get that relationship with the airline. I mean, that's a no brainer. But to me, this is about control, which is a very important element of, I mean, what's wrong with the GDS? Well, I always talk about the four C's. Is cost, control, content, and customer experience. I mean, that's what's wrong. And this comes back to control because in the GDS, I don't have control over who's selling my stuff. And here they're taking back control. So to me, it makes perfect sense. They obviously have planned this throughout a long time. I mean, they exited full content. They've, they've done all of this. And uh, this is part of the plan. Bring back the control of who's selling. I have a quick fire question to you on this topic then, Anne. So what mm. must the average agent out there do now? What 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 should be their action? Putting you on the spot here, but if they want to mm. you know, keep providing services to their customers. Yeah. Ash, to your point, I'm not talking about, you know, maybe an American corporate scenario where they don't even know the agent. I know a lot of agents where there's still a lot of personal interaction with the customer and the account, that sort of stuff. So what should those agents do now? For me, the relationship between agents and airlines have to be some sort of contractual win-win situation. You know, having worked at many airlines and actually looked into these problems, 
of the very broken relationships between agents and and airlines and the unwillingness of agents to comply you know let's not you know go down the rabbit hole of of agency abuse but you know, these these constant problems of they are doing stuff that the airline doesn't want them to do there has to be a contractual good win-win relationship agent and airline that you sort of really sign off that we're going to make this work and for it to be a win-win. I mean, to a degree, that's where AA is going with this, with their preferred agents. Those agents will be with contract, but there will be, you know, rules, you know, to, to be in that club, right? So uh... Yes, there will be rules. And that's exactly, I mean, I've, I've actually had those lists of agents in, in airlines, you know, my hated agents, right? My loved agents, yeah. right? And let me just add a couple of things. Yes, you mentioned that, you know, they're coming up with the agency list in late April. I mean, the program doesn't start until May 1st. So they made the announcement. They're going to come up with the list. Then the changes that they're talking about will happen. So it's in the order that it should be. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but I mean, they're only making that (laughs) announcement of the preferred agents by the last week of April. So literally, you know, a few days before the thing goes live. I think that could have been planned a little bit better. But hey, you know, compared to some other airlines and announcements and go to market, plans. Very true. Very true. And and part of that is, look, I mean, you know, when American made the move on April 3rd, if you were an agency and you sold travel, you should have had American in your office and you should have had a meeting where it goes along the lines of, what do you want me to do for you? And if you didn't have that meeting, Exactly. Surely it's not the time now to have that meeting because time has now run out because you didn't do anything all this time. So I'm not pointing the finger in any direction. All I'm saying is that your window of opportunity closed. And maybe you were part of the agency group and there's a lot of agencies out there who are sending out emails saying American is running out of money. That's why they're doing this. I mean, the messaging that they're giving their customers, the corporate clients, the business travelers is just wrong. You are lying to them by telling that Americans is running out of money. Why are you saying that? That's shocking. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. There's all sorts of little things like this that are happening and everybody's positioning themselves to look good. But the fact is that the only people that will look good at the end of the day after all is said and done with is American Airlines because they're they're synced in with the traveler and that's the only two people that matter in the ecosystem. Everybody else is ancillary and they're supportive. I'm getting some messaging from people who is also saying to me that of course AA barely have any reps left in their business at the moment. There's almost nobody to speak to but that's now I would imagine. I mean you don't need a rep these days. What you need is you need the internet and we still have agencies that refuse to use the internet. I mean it's 2024. I've been in agencies where the agent says I don't book it on the internet. I book it on the GDS. Really? Why do you do such a thing? There's a whole world out there. There is. Yeah. I mean and and I know both of us work in industries where we can make that gap you know go away but there are still major gaps Mm -hmm. in that management of that process. Anyway this is a big topic and like you say Ash we could go on for a bit I know you've messaged me to say we could probably go over a little bit that was that was great so thank you very much to both of you very nice to have you back and although we did enjoy when you guys because it was fantastic um, thank you for those in the audience for joining us today thank you for your comments Chris and yes Shaheen thank you and well done to Mark James for being our link of the week over to you Anne Thank you, everyone. And a special shout out there to Mark Jones. And thanks, everyone, for joining. Thank you all for joining today's live recording of Linking the Travel Industry. We record this podcast live every Monday, and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please do share this event with everyone that you know. Chances are high that if you enjoyed today's session, others that you know will as well. And if you cannot make it because of time zone or availability, the session is available as a podcast on businesstravel360.com. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off.